Hello and welcome to Day 3 Live, the live broadcast of Sunday morning service at Day 3 Church in Granite Falls, North Carolina. You can learn more about our ministry at day3church.org or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash d3church. COVID-19 is affecting everyone in the country. Many people are facing struggles right now that no one could have foreseen. Layoffs, loss of income, isolation, others find they're working longer and harder hours with lots of stress. No matter where you fit into this list, one thing is for certain, we need peace now more than ever. That's why Pastor Lynn is doing a series simply titled Peace. Join us for part 10, Get a Peace Fill-Up. Here's Pastor Lynn. Good morning. Try it again. There, now you're, now you're a little bit more awake. Um, I want to have all of our fathers just stand real quick. I, I know we're honoring our graduates today. And, uh, you know, guys, congratulations on, uh, on, on all you've accomplished. Uh, but I want to have our fathers just stand. So if you're a father, if you would please stand, remain standing uh, for a minute. Uh, I guess I better do that too. And, uh, and all. So uh, uh, remember, John told you earlier to scan in uh, on that code uh, and then indicate that you are a dad because we're going to do a drawing after we collect all that in and we'll hand out the prizes uh, next week. Uh, but if you would look around, and uh, it's not just these guys, but in appreciation of them, but also of our Heavenly Father, would you uh, show some appreciation on Father's Day? <laughs> Thank you, guys. You can be seated. Uh, a, a question maybe for fathers on Father's Day might be this. Do you ever feel like you're running on empty? Huh? I mean, you, you've had a hard day. You come home and you just feel like you're worn out and, and you feel like you're running on empty. That might not just be true of our fathers, but uh, probably true of our graduates a little bit because of uh, how different the school year finished up and you know having to do work at home and the graduation service being different and not knowing what to expect maybe uh, through all that. You might be a little bit emotionally tapped out uh, some and, and feel like you're kind of running on uh, empty. Uh, guys, to be honest with you, it happens to all of us, doesn't it? You know, you, you, you feel like you're running on empty sometimes. I do. Uh, right now, especially, like where Becky and me have been preparing to move, we're downsizing. Uh, most of you know that. Matt and Jessica found some property with two cabins on it. So we're going from uh, our house, it's a little bit over 2,000 square feet, down to about 1,000 square feet. So we've been having to pack and figure out what to get rid of and, uh, and everything. Uh, uh, I even let Becky talk me into a yard sale. I hate yard sales. Uh, did you know that about me? If not, let me say it again. I hate capital letters, yard sales. I hate doing them uh, and everything. I'm afraid she's going to talk me into another one this Saturday uh, so we can get rid of some more stuff, get ready to move. Uh, I'm a little bit really tapped out today. I feel like I'm running on empty uh, of energy some because yesterday our, our men's ministry uh, went to a group home and we did some uh, landscaping work and I was running this big uh, long bar heavy hedge trimmers a good bit. It wore myself out doing that. Uh, headed home afterwards, Joey Finley uh, said, well, why don't you just pull the trailer to your house, the church trailer, the enclosed trailer, because we'll be using it there anyway. So I thought, okay. And then I get there, and what I should have done was gone in and stretched out on the couch and rested, but I got in my crazy brain, I'm going to fill that thing up today. So after we did all the work, uh, I, I went and filled it up. Uh, Becky helped me uh, do it, and we filled it all the way up to the top pretty much. So I'm kind of running on empty today. I'm kind of tapped out. 
We run on empty in a lot of ways, and we have to have fill-ups. So we're talking today in this series on peace about getting a peace fill-up. Uh, we have to get fill-ups in a lot of different ways. Your car starts to run on empty. Uh, you pull into a gas station because you want to be able to keep driving, and uh, you get a fill-up. Our body sometimes will start getting uh, drained of energy, and we need to go eat some food and uh, get some energy in our bodies and, and, and get a fill-up to where we can kind of uh, keep going. Uh, sometimes it may be that you're just uh, running the rat race so much in your life, you need to kind of pull aside and do whatever you enjoy recreationally to kind of get a fill up in, in that way. Uh, so um, I, I, that, that's, that's true in all those ways physically, but guys, I found out that it's true spiritually. Do you ever get to where you feel like you need a spiritual fill up? Then maybe your life is void of peace. That's why we're doing this series. The, our, our culture is like it's wanting to rob us of peace lately anyway. And, and that's why we want to focus on getting a peace fill up today. We need to get spiritual fill ups in our life. And, and there's one verse of scripture I want you to uh, turn with me and look at. We're going to focus on Romans chapter 15 and, and verse 13. And uh, as we read through this verse, there are about five steps that we can find in this one verse. I'm just going to kind of hit the highlights of, of five things in this verse that we need to remember when we feel like we need a spiritual fill up. Uh, dads, when you're worn out and you're tired, you come home. You know, you need to fill up. Yeah, you, you, you grad, you're getting ready to go out in the real world or to college. You're going to go out, and, and some of you may be into jobs, and uh, you're going to need fill-ups. You're going to go off to college, and uh, when college work hits, I'm going to tell you what, you're going to need some, some fill-ups. I'll, I'll give you a heads-up to start with before you go to college, you know, where your high school teachers and everything had to kind of be concerned about their job and everything like that. The college professors are kind of vested. You know, if you do your work fine. If you don't do it fine, they'll just fail you. They don't care, <laughs> you know. So just get, you know, you're going to get stressed at times. There'll be times that you'll be needing uh, a, a fill up. So let's talk about that spiritually this morning. Here's what that verse of scripture says. And it's like Paul's doing a prayer. He, he said, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of of the Holy Spirit. So, so quickly, uh, five, five steps, and, and every one of them is something you need to remember. First of all, you need to remember there is a source for filling up. There's a source for filling up. Just like when you need to get some gas in your car, you have to go to a source. You have to go to a place that sells gas in order to get the car. If you're needing food for your body, you have to go to a place that sells food or snacks or whatever so you can get some energy for your body. And the same thing is true when it comes to, to spirituality in your life, when it comes to you feeling like there's a, a void of peace in your life, you, you need to understand when you're running spiritually low, there's also a source that you can come to for a fill-up. How about this for your source? Look what Paul said. May the God of hope. That's a pretty good source, isn't it? The God of hope. He, he said, may the God of hope. Moreover is what the word may really means when you look at it in the Greek. And he said, moreover, based on everything else Paul had been saying in, in Romans, he said, moreover, May the supreme God, the supreme divinity, help you to where you have a confident expectation 
The, the word hope that he uses here isn't like our hope so, you know, like maybe it would happen. Instead, it's a word that means that we can have a confident expectation. May the God of hope, the God that gives us a confident expectation, the God that can, can fill us up. He said, may the God of hope fill you. And that word is a word we see every now and then in the New Testament. You've heard me talk about before. It's a word that was used to uh, fill the net up. If a fisherman is trying to fill the net up and get, you know, one more fish in the net where it's full, that's what the word meant. The word also meant to level up a hollow place. So that makes me think of a pothole out here along the road. You know, that is, it needs to be leveled up. It needs to be filled in. Or to fill up a deficit in your life, to, to fill in what you need. There's something in your life. And Paul is telling us this. He, he's saying the God of hope can fill us. God can fill you with the hope that you need. God can fill you, you'll see here in just a minute, with the joy you need, the peace that you need in your life. God can fill up the deficits in your life. If you feel like you've, you've got a pothole in your life, you ever hit potholes in your life? You know, it's like going down the road. You don't see the pothole, you hit it, it really jars the car. That happens in my life sometimes. I didn't see that coming, and it kind of shakes my life up a little bit. Well, God can fill up those, those potholes, those deficits in our, in our life. So we have a source to fill us up. But not just the source. You need to remember there's a supply for filling up. Because what Paul wrote here is this, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. When you're running on empty with your car, you can have the source, the service station that you go to, but if you pull up and they're out of gas, it doesn't help you very much, does it? I've had that happen before. I've been when I still had a motorcycle. I've been out on the motorcycle before and thinking I don't want to piece this thing, you know, very far and uh, and pull up. And when I pull in with a hope of being able to buy gas, they'd have a sign up that said, you know, no gas available now. Or uh, what they've started doing over the last few years, they just put a white bag, you know, out there over it, letting you know there's no need to try and pump gas here because we're out of gas. Well, guys, when, when you're needing hope in your life or you're needing joy in your life, you're needing peace in your life, that will never happen when you come to God. God's the source, but God always has a supply. God will never be like a gas station where you pull up and they're out of gas. Anytime you need hope and you come to God, God's never going to say, you know what, I, I'm, I, I'm all empty. I don't have any hope for you. <laughs> I don't have any joy for you. I don't have any peace for you. That will never happen with God because God will supply us with the joy and the peace that we need. He has that supply. The, the, the way that's phrased in the Greek, it says with all, and that literally means with all, joy. Guys, there's a difference between joy and happiness. I hope you recognize that as a believer. There can be things going on in our world that I'm not happy about that you're not happy about. Let's just kind of agree on this. There's a lot going on right now we're not happy about, right, in, in our world. That doesn't mean I still can't have joy. My joy as a Christian is not based upon what I see going on in the world. My joy as a Christian is based upon the calm delight, the confidence I can have in my life because I know Christ is my Savior. 
because I know I've trusted in him. God can, can give us a cheerfulness or a calm delight no matter what we're going through. God, God can do that for us because here's what the word peace means, to join together what was separated. You and I, because we were lost in sin, we used to be separated from God. But the thing that gives us the ultimate joy is this. If you know Christ as your Savior, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, through faith in Christ, you have now been joined back together with God and that gives you the ultimate confidence. That gives you a resource for joy and peace in your life, no matter what's going on in your world. There's a third thing you need to remember. You need to remember, based upon this verse, there's a condition for filling up. There's a condition for filling up. The Bible said, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. If you pull up at the gas station, what's the condition for being able to get gas to go in your car? You have to do what? You have to pay for it. If you don't, they're going to come look for you, okay? You have to pay for it. But the condition for us having all joy and peace in our life is not something we pay for, something Jesus paid for. And the condition is this. The condition is we have to trust in him. If I want the God of all hope to, to give me, the God of hope to give me all joy and peace in my life, I have to trust that he can do it. I have to fully trust in him. I have to believe that, that he is the God of hope. I have to believe that he can give me joy no matter what's going on, that I can have peace in my life no matter what's going on. I, I think this verse is, is so true, and it is because it's in the Bible. As far as I'm concerned, if it's in the Bible, it's true. Amen? But here's, here's the deal with it. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, I'm going to suggest this to you. I'm going to suggest you cannot have the degree of joy and peace that God wants you to have in your life. That you can't have it. Now, someone's going to push back and say, oh, but I've had some joy out in the world. How long did it last? How long did it last? How long did you, did you keep that joy and peace in your life? So we're told here that, that the God of hope can fill us with, with all joy and peace as we trust in him. And in the tense that's used there, the way that's phrased in the Greek means as we trust in him in a fixed position. I'm to have this fixed position that, that, that God is the one that I, that I trust in. That's to be my, my fixed position, my attitude in life, that, that, that God is the one that I place my faith in. And I'm going to trust in him no matter what's happening, no matter what I'm going through. In a fixed position, I'm going to trust my complete, total life, all my spiritual well-being, all my eternity to Christ. See, you can have a peace fill up, but it requires faith in order to have it. We're just looking at five things we need to remember. We need to remember there's a source for us to have a peace fill up. God is the God of hope. We need to remember that there's a supply, all joy. That's what the Bible says. What Paul wrote, all joy and peace. There's a supply available to us. The condition is as you trust in him, you need to believe in him by faith. Fourth thing I want you to see this morning that you need to remember Whenever you're running emotionally dry, whenever you're running spiritually dry, whenever you're needing to fill up in, in your life of peace, it is this. You need to remember there's a purpose for filling up. 
there's a purpose for filling up. The Bible there, the verse we're looking at says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. Catch this, so that you may overflow with hope. The reason you fill up your car is so you can keep driving. The reason you fill up your belly to put some energy in there so you can kind of keep going, so you have the, the energy to, to, to go and, and, and do. There's a purpose behind filling up your car. Then there's a purpose behind eating so you got some more energy. There's also a purpose behind God filling us up with his joy and his peace. And it's so we can overflow. The, the, the purpose in filling up is so that you may give out is another way to put that. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that it's, it, that it's not about you to a certain degree. God loves you. God cares about you. God wants to fill you with his joy and with his peace to where you, you feel it, to where you're, you're filled up inside. But God doesn't want to do that just for you and you just keep it to yourself. God wants to fill you up to the point that that, that joy and that peace and that hope overflows out of your life into a lost world. That it overflows out, out of your life into the life of your friends. That it overflows out of your life into, into a classroom when you go off to college or, or guys when you go to work that you're allowing God to fill you up to the point that it naturally overflows into the lives of others. See the, the phrase there, he says, so that you may overflow with hope means this. It means the, the way that the, the Greek translation of that, it, it talks about you reach the point. To where you can superabound, to where you can be in excess, to where you can be superflowing, to where you can excel. And it means in a fixed position, by the way. Same tense we saw a, a moment ago. In a fixed position, we, we ought to be overflowing with the expectation, the confidence, the anticipation of what God is doing in our lives. We ought to overflow with that joy, overflow with that peace, o overflow with that, that hope. You need to fill up your life with joy, peace, and hope and allow God to do that. But don't keep it to yourself. Allow God to, to cause that joy and that peace and that hope to superabound from your life, to superflow from your life, to, to, to be so excelling in, in your life in hope that in a fixed position, you're, you're overflowing into the lives of others. Think about that fixed position for a minute. You know what I'm afraid we've allowed the world or the devil or whoever to convince us of? We've, we've allowed it to convince us that if we are really so filled up, we're overflowing, that that's like a super spiritual person. And I don't think that's what Paul means here. I think Paul means that our standard relationship with God, may the God of hope fill you with all joy in peace as you trust in him so that you would overflow. I, I think the standard position, the, the standard disposition of our lives as believers ought to be that, that, that we are so much filled with what God has done for us, with what Christ has done for us, that we are so filled with faith in him that we are 
allowing that joy and that peace and that hope to, to overflow from our lives. That ought to be a natural thing, not some super spiritual thing, a natural thing for a believer to do that, to have that overflow. The fifth thing you need to remember is this, the fifth step, when you're needing to fill up, when you're running low on peace in your life. The fifth thing is this, you need to remember there is a power for filling up, a power for filling up. You pull up at the gas station to get some gas in your car, and the power's not turned on. You going to need any gas from that pump? You, you can try. <laughs> you can be determined. You can, you can take the handle off that pump, and you can put it in your car, and you can squeeze that handle. You turn blue in the face. But if the power's not turned on at the pump, you're not going to get any gas out of it. You can act like it all depends upon you. I'm going to get some gas. But it's not going to happen if the power's not turned on. The, the point I'm simply trying to make is this. You being filled with joy, you being filled with peace, you overflowing with hope is not based upon you. It's based upon the power of the Holy Spirit of God in your life. When you trust Christ as your Savior, God comes to live inside of you. It's not about your ability to go around and say, Oh, I've got joy. <laughs> I've got Tons of peace in my life. I've got hope. It's not based upon you working it up in the flesh. It's based upon you allowing the Holy Spirit of God to produce those things in your life. For you to allow the power of the Holy Spirit of God in a fixed position, by the way, that tense shows up again, to put the power in your life you need to overflow with hope. The word for power is the word dunamis in the Greek. We see it every now and then in, in sermons here when I'm doing a, a word study. We get our English word dynamite from it or dynamic or dynamo. It means a force, a miraculous force. Guys, instead of being so discouraged and think, I, I wish I could have hope, I, you know, I, I, but everything going on in me in my world I, I wish I could have more peace in my life, but just look at the world that we live in. You see, you're looking in the wrong direction. The Bible says, may who? May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. To where you may overflow with hope by the power of, of the Holy Spirit of God. It's the Holy Spirit of God in your life as a Christian that fills you with joy and peace and hope. And you need to let him do that no matter what's going on. The Holy Spirit is the person, the third person of the triune God that can open up the flow of joy and peace and hope in your life. He's the one that can, can fill you to the point that you overflow with hope to others. The Holy Spirit is the power in a fixed position, is what it means, that fills you with joy, peace, and hope. The Holy Spirit is a dynamite in your life. The Holy Spirit is a dynamic in your life. The Holy Spirit is a dynamo in your life. 
The Holy Spirit is the force of miraculous power in your life that makes it possible for you to get fill-ups of joy, peace, and hope to the point that you overflow. So our original question this morning, do you need a a peace fill-up? If you do, I will remind you there's a source. There's a source. May the God of hope There's a supply. It's possible for you to be filled up with with joy and peace in your life because it said, may may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. But it requires faith as as you trust in him. I think a lot of times we misunderstand faith and people wrestle with faith a lot when it comes to trusting in, in Christ or believing God. You realize you do things by faith all the time. I mean, when I get up in the morning and I walk to the bathroom, I say, I don't turn the bedroom light on and start with. I just walk over to the bathroom, turn the light on there. I'm not an electrical engineer. I don't understand how electricity works. Oh, I've looked at it before, but I don't fully understand it. But I flip the light on, believing the light's going to come on. I do that by faith. When you came in the service this morning, you were looking for a place to sit down. You may not understand how, how atoms and, and neutrons and everything attract and make up solid matter, but you still sat down believing the chair would hold you up. You'll drive to work by faith that you still have a job when you get there. You'll go on vacation by faith that the hotel you're going to actually made the reservation instead of dropping the ball and not making the reservation. And you get there and they look for you and they can't find you anywhere. We used to look at maps. I don't know how we got anywhere looking at maps. How in the world did we do that without a lot more automobile accidents? Now we've got a little GPS, you know, and most of them they're pre-programmed with a woman's voice because I guess us guys are used to listening to instructions, you know. But you'll listen to a GPS by faith like it's going to get you where you have asked to go. Imagine what your life would be like if you did not practice trust or faith at all. I mean, let me give you an extreme illustration. You wake up in the morning and you sit there and you ponder, you think about getting up, but you're hesitant to get up and put your feet on the floor because you're afraid the floor won't support you. So after a few minutes, you muster up enough confidence to kind of uh, slip out of bed. You crawl on all fours to the bathroom. And when you get to the bathroom, you want to brush your teeth because we all have nastiness in the morning, don't we? Where we snore and everything else and slobber during the night. And you want to brush your teeth and you start to put toothpaste on your toothbrush and turn the water on. And then you start to think, what if somebody tampered with my toothpaste? What if somebody poisoned the water supply in, in the city during the night? So you, you sit there and you get worried about it and you put it back and you think, I'll, I'll just forget that. I'll go on in the kitchen and I'll fix something to eat before I go to work. And you get in there and then you start worrying as you start getting ready to fix coffee and fix something to eat. What if there's arsenic in the food? So, so finally, you just decide, I'm, I, I, I can't bring myself to eat. So you go out to get in your car to go to work. And when you get out and you look at your car, you start thinking, I wonder if they really torque the lug nuts right on the wheels the last time I got my tires rotated. Or maybe my neighbor don't like me when he put a bomb under my car. 
So finally you decide, instead of getting in the car to drive, you decide you're, you're going to walk to work. So you walk to work, you get to the building, you're about to go in, and then you remember these news reports about, you know, shootings at work or terrorists and things like that. And you convince yourself, maybe terrorists have taken over the building this morning, so you, you don't go in to work. And you decide, I'll just walk back home. And you walk back home and you get to your house and you're about to go in, and then you get worried about going in because you're afraid when you get there, maybe my kids don't love me anymore. You get there and you think, maybe my spouse is inside being unfaithful. Now, I know all that's an extreme illustration, but do you realize if you operated without any trust in the real world, without any faith in the real world, you'd either starve to death or you'd wind up in an insane asylum? Amen? Now, some of you may be taking my illustration and say, well, that's an extreme illustration. And you're thinking, of course I trust other people. Of course I trust in men. Well, check this verse out. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. If you'll operate in all the rest of your life based upon trust and faith in all kinds of realms in your life, if you'll accept the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. Why not trust him? Why not trust in what he says? Why not trust his word and allow the God of hope to fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so you can overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit of God? See, there are really only two kinds of people in the world. There are people who have trusted Christ as their Savior, and there are people who have not. That's the only two kinds of people that really exist. Two foundational categories. Either you have trusted Christ as your Savior, and you know without any doubt that you've been forgiven of your sin, and that you're going to go to heaven because of what Jesus did on the cross. Either you have trusted him, or you haven't. So which group of people are you in? Which group are you part of? The part that has faith or the part that doesn't? Because, guys, you need to trust Christ as your Savior if you have not. And then on the other side, trust in Christ as your Savior. We live in a fallen world. We live in a world that wants to discourage us. We live in a world right now that there's all kinds of things going on that ought to really concern us. Did you know in Raleigh today, there's going to be a Luciferian, you understand what that means? March in Raleigh today for Lucifer. Our world is in trouble. Our culture is in trouble. And by the way, it's not just happening in Raleigh. They've scheduled it in several other cities. A lot of reasons for us to be worried. A lot of reasons for us to have concern. But I'm thankful I can still have joy and I can still have peace because the God of all hope can give it to me because I've trusted Christ as my Savior. Let's pray. Father, forgive us when we, uh, when we operate in a way that we are more concerned with what the world says or the news says or what's going on than we're, than we're listening to your voice. Father, I pray this morning if there's anyone 
in this room or anyone watching online that has not trusted Christ as Savior. Father, I pray that you'd help them practice trust and faith in the gospel of Jesus. Help them admit that they've sinned and they can't save themselves. Give them the faith they need to trust without any reservation that Jesus died on the cross fully once and forever to pay for their sin. Give them the faith they need to say yes to Jesus, to give their life to him. And then, Father, as we live our lives, those who have trusted in him, as we live our lives, as we live in a world that wants to rob us of joy and peace, help us to remember these five things. Help us to remember, God, that you're our source, that we can get a fill-up of peace in our lives through you. Help us to remember there's an available supply of joy and peace that you want to give us as we trust in you. Father, help us to overflow, not just to keep it to ourselves, but to overflow with the hope that you put in us that others may have the hope that we have. Father, help us to recognize it's not based upon our power or our ability. It's based upon the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Father, I pray for dads today that in this coming year, you'll help them to be the best dads they've ever been. I pray you encourage them in their work and in their family that you, Father, help them to to ask you to fill them up with your joy and your peace today. Father, I pray for our graduates. Father, I pray that you encourage them that they always will look to you as the God of hope wherever they go. Whatever you call them to in life, that they'll always look to you as the God of hope who can fill them with all joy and peace no matter what's going on in the world around them. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Fathers, on Father's Day, it may be a good day to come up and kneel and pray and say, God, I I admit I need to fill up. I've been running on empty. I'm kind of tapped out. Maybe a good time just to come and kneel and say, God, you're the God of hope. You said you are. Fill me with all joy and peace. Fill me so I can overflow into the lives of others based upon my trust in you and the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. Parents may need to pray that over their graduates. They're getting ready to go out into a real world. College is a real world (laughs) also. Away from mom and dad, maybe it's the time for you to pray. Or graduates, you pray yourself that God would, that you'd seek God as a God of hope and seek his joy and his peace in your life as you move forward. Maybe you're not in any of those categories. But you admit today that you need to fill up. Why not during this time just ask God to give it to you? Because he can. Please stand. Are you in need of greater peace in your life? It is possible, and it starts with being at peace with God. Just pray something like this. Lord Jesus, I realize I need you and your forgiveness. I invite you to be the boss of my life. 
Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I receive you as my Savior and Lord. Make me the kind of person you want me to be. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, we'd love to talk to you. We're here to pray with you, to love you, and offer support. Please contact us at day3church.com. We care about you, and we want to connect with you. Until next time, this is Pastor John reminding you that God is greater than your circumstances and His mercies are new every morning. It's time to experience a new day in your life.